Waiting for Godot by Irish dramatist Samuel Beckett was voted by many as the most significant English language play of the 20th century. So what's it about? Hard to say. Nobody has actually figured that out yet. Of course, dozens of the literati have had a go. Books, papers, lectures abound, giving interpretations, including Beckett himself. But even he changed his mind a good many times, simply saying, because the play is so stripped down, so elemental, it invites all kinds of social and political and religious interpretation. And that's true. The story is simple enough. It follows two days in the lives of a pair of men who divert themselves while they wait expectantly and unsuccessfully for someone named Godot to arrive. But is the play about them or the elusive Godot? Here at Fast Fiction, we are going to have some fun with it ourselves. If you know the original, you may recognize a few references. If you don't, well, we hope you enjoy our offering. Godot's Story We're in Joe Godot's flat in central London, and it's just how you would expect a big mob leader to live. He pulls the strings of the underworld activity, but only a few know it, and they're not people who matter. It's the night that Vladimir and Estragon are set to cark it at the end of a butcher's hook in Newgate Slammer. But they say they're waiting for Godot to spring them. Then a woman shows up at Godot's place. A real corker with an agenda. She's been around the dial, but she doesn't show it. It's nobody's business but hers. And like Godot, she remains stunned. Yeah? Yeah. Well, everybody's blaming me for those two jerks. But I was asking for it, right out loud. Both of them. And tomorrow, they get what's coming to them. It's the end of the road. They didn't do what I told them to. Matter of fact, they didn't do anything at all. Mr. Godot? Mr. Godot? Yeah? What is it, son? There's a reporter here to see you. She's a real eyeful, too. Yeah? How long's she been waiting? Oh, an hour, just like you said, to do with any of them. Okay. So she's a bit of a riot. All the way, up and down again. Show her in. Mr. Godot? That's me. You can go, son. Sorry. I've been waiting for you, Godot. Call me Joe. You want a drink? I never drink on duty. You on duty? Sure, that's why I'm here. Who are you working for? The Daily Endgame. It's new in town. <laughs> Sounds like something that ends up in a bin to me. Excuse me if I have a drink myself. So, what do you want? That shouldn't be too hard, Joe. I want the real story of Vladimir and Estragon. Everybody knows you were behind it all. Everybody knows you arranged the pinch. Yeah, everybody who? And behind what, exactly? So, it's going to be games, then, huh? You know what I'm talking about, Mr Godot. The two of them are going to swing tonight at midnight in the pen, unless... Yeah, well, 
They both say they're waiting to hear from you. They both say you're going to save them. Yeah, I heard something like that, but I don't know nothing. They're under some sort of illusion. Maybe they've been smoking something they shouldn't. May I ask you some specific questions, just for the record? Listen, I hate to drink alone, darling. Why don't you have a drop with me? Best stuff there is. Real deal. Sorry, it makes me woozy. That's pretty much the point, isn't it? But if you won't, you won't. Go on in. Okay. How do you know, Estragon? I didn't say I did. But if I did, I'd say he was my driver for a while. And um, when would that have been? A while ago, before he started drinking on the job. Before he started knowing too much. Before he came a blabbermouth. Before a person couldn't count on him for nothing. If I knew him, that is. And if you knew Vladimir? Who says I didn't? Vladimir, he was my private ear. Pretty useful in a pinch, too. Always like Vladimir. So, how did he end up in the can with Estragon? Who? Of course you don't know. Beats me. What's he say? He says he was on a job for you. Go on. You're a font of information. What job was that, then? He says he was supposed to babysit Estragon until you were ready for him. Keep him company. I believe he used the term do what it took to keep him quiet. Sounds like it could have been a good idea, but it wasn't mine. He also said you sent around a guy named Pozzo and his crony Lucky to keep eyes on them. Don't know nobody by those names. Yeah? You got you got a tele you got a telephone call, Mr. Goddo, from <laughs> Excuse me, love. I got an important call. Keep a company, son. Don't say nothing. Stum. So who was it? It must have been important. You seem pretty excited. Uh, uh um uh Do you get calls from the governor a lot? How did how do you It's ten o'clock. Sounds like a reprieve to me. Unless they always chat at this time of night. Do you know him well? Uh, I, uh, uh, I take that as a no. Did you know Vladimir or Estragon? You must be pretty upset that this could be their last night. I, I don't know no one. You must be lonely. Not like that. No one. Like, no one you want to know about. Hey! Is that Mr Goddo calling you? <laughs> How was the governor, Goddo? I, I didn't... Yeah, well, don't worry about it, son. I figured you'd guess. Just hop it. Don't slam the door on your way out. Sorry. He sends his condolences, Mrs Carrillo. So, it's no reprieve for Estragon, then. Afraid your husband's going to swing at the end of the night. He shouldn't have done what he did. Nobody likes a squealer. And Vladimir? He didn't stop him. He knew what the consequences of his actions were. He was a smart guy. And there's nothing I can do to help out? Not a thing, darling. Then I guess I will take that drink, Joe. Tonic. Rocks. Gin. And lots of it. I'll be a widow soon. And I don't want to be sober when it happens. Poor Estragon. It's time for you to go too, Joe. What? You? 
What's in it for you? Estragon told me everything before he left that last time. You were right. He was a blabbermouth. He said that if he had to die, so did you. And he told me where the stash was. It was his last will and testament. If you know what I mean. Mr. Gardner? Mr. Gardner? Are you? Are you all? Are you all right? It's over, kid. You'd better scram while you can. From now on, there'll be no more waiting for Godot. It was the best of times and the worst of times the day I killed Tony Godot. The best when I fired the gun. He was a punk, legend in his own mind, but a vicious murderer to anyone who knew him. It was the worst of times that day too. Vladimir was due to hang on the butcher's hook at Newtown Prison, known as the Slammer because once those doors slammed shut on you, well, you never got out. You remember the boy, the little guy who always seemed to come and go at Godot's beck and call, hiding behind the closed door but ready to run in and do as bid at a moment's notice? A bit of a weed, it's true, but young and impressionable. He thought Godot was the big man. Then when I came along, all dressed up in me glad rags and ready to kill, well, <laughs> he switched allegiance pretty fast. I played up to him, of course. Well, let's face it, a mature, experienced woman oozing sex appeal and him oozing testosterone? He just can't get enough of me. Sure, I know where the stash is hidden, but see, I need a strong arm to help me dig it up. And even a weed like him will be strong enough. So, where is this place, Mrs. Carrillo? This black stump. I couldn't find it on the map. Don't worry, kid. Just drive. I'll let you know when we get there. But we passed the last petrol station miles back there, and we'll need fuel soon, else we won't be able to get back. Well, if that happens, we'll just have to itch a ride from a passing motorist, won't we? Well, you may be able to, Mrs. C. You're a stunner. Anyone would stop for you. Don't put yourself down, kid. You're a good-looking young fella. And if you play your cards right, you'll be a rich young fella soon. Is that where we're going? To find the stash from the last hall? What do you know about it? Only what you told Mr. Godot, you know, just before you shot him, that Vladimir had told you where the stash was hidden. So how well did you know Estragon or Vladimir? I didn't really. They used to come and visit Mr. Godot from time to time, but he would keep them waiting outside, under the shade of that big oak tree in the courtyard. They would stand and talk, and I would bring them drinks till they got blotto. What do they talk about? To be honest, Mrs. C, I couldn't understand a word of it. They could have been speaking double Dutch for all I knew, and they used to argue a lot too. Get into fights, you mean? No, just argue. Oh, and make silly bets and score points and try to outdo each other. <laughs> I remember one day, Estragon asked me to bring a long, strong rope. What for? 
Well, Vladimir said that oak trees were traditionally trees that people were hung from in the old days. And that's how the term kick the bucket got started. Well, somehow they got into an argument as to how long it would take for someone to choke. After they had kicked the bucket away, he made a guess and Estragon told him he was wrong. Well, I don't suppose there were too many people counting how long it took when they swung at Newstead Prison. That's true, but they had already worked it when they tested it out. I think Vladimir won. What? What do you mean, when they tested it out? And, and how could Vladimir win? How could he know? Well, Estragon got up on a small chair first. See, we didn't have a bucket. Well, I couldn't find one. Although I think there may have been one in the... Yes, I get the point. So you brought along a chair? Yes, and Estragon got on it, put the noose around his neck and kicked the chair away while Vladimir counted. But when Vladimir's face went blue, well, that's when Vladimir cut him down. I should ruddy well think so. Then Vladimir got on the chair and in much the same way put the noose round his neck, tightened it and then kicked the chair away. Estragon immediately started counting and by the time he got to the same number, Vladimir's face was blue, so Estragon cut him down. Christ. So... It was a tie. Well, no. Actually, by the time Estragon cut him down, the count had gone up a couple of counts, so Vladimir won. Though, I guess they both won, or lost in the end. Thanks to Mr Godot's non-intervention, they both swung. You mean, Godot was there? Watching? Didn't he try to stop him? Oh, no. But he helped with the counting. The rotten sword. So... What happened next? What do you mean? Well, when you have a bet like that, there's usually money at stake for the winner. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I think the stake was the half share of the stash on, on the last hall. What? But some of that belonged to Goddo. He'd set the heist up, so was entitled to at least a third. <laughs> or knowing him, half of it. Yeah, that's true. But by then, Vladimir had already had that last will and testament with you, and he knew you would rub Mr. Godot out. So, let me get this straight. Has the money been moved from where it was when we had that talk? Oh, yeah. They moved it to the base of that big hanging tree back at Mr. Godot's place. But, but that entire apartment block is up for demolition. The developers were coming in today. That's right. I signed them in. But you say they moved the money to the base of the tree. Stop the car! <laughs> we gotta go back! God, the developers will be digging it up. Yeah, it's a shame, really. It's a beautiful old tree. Lots of history. Well, you stupid little shit, turn the car round. We've got to get back there and stop them finding the money. Oh, no worries, Mrs C. It's in a safe place. What do you mean? See, I dug it up and moved it out last night. Quite a haul that was. Cash, gold and jewellery. Vladimir did a great job. You should be very proud of him. Oh, thank God. OK, let's keep going. Well, I don't know about Vladimir. He's history now. But you're obviously a very smart lad. You deserve a good-sized reward, not 
to mention my gratitude, which I will bestow on you as soon as we get to a suitable place, if you know what I mean. Oh, no can do, Mrs C. I've got plans for tonight with my girlfriend. <laughs> She's a real stunner, very young, <laughs> but game for anything, if you know what I mean. And, oh, I think this is where you get out, Mrs C. What? But we're miles from anywhere. Yeah, and miles from anyone. You know, Mrs C, you really should have had more patience. There was plenty of cash to go round if you only had waited for Mr Goddo. You have been listening to Goddo, a fandom trilogy by the collaborative production podcast of Fast Fiction. Prologue, Goddo and Epilogue. Goddard was written by Patty Cassidy and performed by Brianda Cross and David Pollard. Prologue and Epilogue was written and performed by Brianda Cross. For more information about this production and the performers, please go to fastfictionpodcasts.com. We hope you have enjoyed this rather unusual rendition of Goddard. Thank you for listening. Bye now.